Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. So, we have made it. We have made it all the way to the return of college football. And inspired by the impossibility that some of my friends like Donovan James undertake to, to rate the top high school football players, I have enough trouble with college football where you've got, you know, 130 FBS, 134, I have to go and check, FCS, another couple hundred D2 and about an equal number of, of D3 and NAIA schools. So still we're talking about, you know, 500 and something, less than 600, I think, schools, which is a lot. <laughs> it's still a lot. But, I mean, there's several states that have more high schools than 600, California, I mean, the most populous, I think the four most populous states, I think maybe more than four. There's several states that have more than 600 high schools. There's no way you can see all of the high school players that are good. And it's just simply an impossibility. I don't know how they do it. Uh, I'm going to ask Donovan how he does it or how he tries to do what he does uh, because... I couldn't even imagine trying to do what, what the high school guys do. It's uh, pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. So, inspired by that, I took a look back at the class, you know, sort of the high school recruiting circles, the 1979 class, the legendary class with all the Hall of Famers in it. And... You know, there's usual suspects, Hall of Famers, you know, Marino and Elway and Dickerson, and even beyond those guys, guys who maybe didn't make the Hall of Fame, but were really, really, really good players. You know, uh, Roger Craig, who some people think should be in the Hall of Fame. Joey Browner, who, you know, I don't think the Hall of really good. Anthony Carter, who is in the College Football Hall of Fame, but obviously never going to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Craig James, sort of a similar story. You've got guys like uh, um, Irv Eatman, right? Terrific player at UCLA. Not a Hall of Famer at the pro level, but a really, really, really good pro football player. Uh, Johnny Hector, not a super special player at the pro level, but a good one. Uh, You had guys like Tony Hunter, college tight end who had been a high school wide receiver. Decent enough. You had Chuck McSwain. You know, it wasn't exactly a killer at the pro level, but had a nice little run. Obviously, Todd Blackledge, all Pittsburgh fans sort of hear that name with a certain pang of pain. 
Clyde Duncan. He didn't tear it up at the pro level, but good collegiate and a decent enough NFL guy is uh, Mike Kofer. You know, not a killer at the pro level, but decent player. Uh, you had guys like Jeff Hostetler, right? Originally started at, uh, his career at Penn State, transferred to West Virginia, and really found his stripe. Billy Ray Smith, uh, the son himself of a professional football player, who found himself uh, after Arkansas playing many years with the Chargers. I remember him, really good player. Uh, there was a lot of really good football players, and I'm leaving a bunch out. I'm leaving a bunch out. So if you were in that class, oh, here we go, James Jones, who was a quarterback in high school, got moved to running back and then to fullback and had a nice little run with the Detroit Lions and some other people. Uh, USC had a nice little haul that year, just by themselves. Uh, Daryl Moore was in that class, Rob Hitchquist, uh, Malcolm Moore, Georgia Chica, and the best of the two, obviously I mentioned Brown already, and Don Boslar, who isn't a pro Hall of Famer, but a collegiate, a college Hall of Famer. Uh, I think a two-time All-American, if memory serves me correctly. So, you know, that guy, um, right? A really good pro. Not quite Hall of Fame, maybe, but really, really good pro. But the thing that stuck with me was how many of those guys are in the who's who of who, right? The top-rated linebacker, apparently, that year was someone who is now more known for the work he's done like uh, the surgery he performed on Tony Romo, uh, having been a team doctor with the Cowboys, Drew Dossett, a terrific linebacker out of uh, Jesuit High School in Shreveport, Louisiana, went on to USC, got sort of pushed down the depth chart, and, you know, luckily went on to a successful medical career. Daryl Sheffy, did virtually nothing in the NFL, if memory serves me. Uh, Wayne Apuna and his brother Ben, who were terrific collegians, uh, Hawaii natives with Arizona State, were really good in college. Not much happened for them in the NFL. Mike McCloskey was top rated tight end that year. Stanley Wilson had an okay career, but short uh, circuited, at least partially by drug, in his time with the Bengals. Tony Hunter, like I said, was a wide receiver, got moved to tight end. So-so NFL career, nothing, you know, not, not great, but not terrible. John English, I don't think he even managed to hold on to the starting job at Michigan State. He was the number two quarterback uh, after uh, after Elway that year, according to many, at least. Kevin Ward was the next quarterback on the list. Another Pennsylvania kid, another Western Pennsylvania kid went to Arizona, and not much happened for him. Tom Gillespie, the next tight end on the list, went to Purdue. Mitchell Bennett was the top-rated wide receiver, if you don't count Hunter, who switched tight end. Went to SMU, and, of course, obviously running dominated attack. Not much happened for him. Then you had Doug Collins, not, you know, uh, white Afro slash early Michael Jordan coaching. Uh, 72 Olympics medal gypped Doug Collins. But uh, the kid from Andalusia, Alabama, who went to Alabama and, you know, once again, Nothing really to write home about. Weldon Ledbetter had a decent career at Oklahoma and, and knocked around the NFL for a couple of years. AC Anthony Carter was a terrific collegiate, uh, a guy who I believe is in the, yeah, yes, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, not 
in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, though he had a couple of good years with uh, the USFL and followed it up with a few decent years in the NFL with mostly the Vikings. But it shows you, you know, how uh, quickly these things come and go. Several of these guys, you know, either had essentially a cup of coffee in the NFL. Some of them didn't even have that. Uh, there's one of these guys who his entire professional career was, was USFL only. Uh, so it's interesting to see what a crapshoot to some extent some of this is. These are guys who are all five or four-star types. Clayvon Fields, uh, the entire career was in the USFL. Uh, Doug Smith, I remember, played in the NFL uh, from East Carolina. Glenn Cobb, uh, knocked around the NFL for a while. Ray Brown had a pretty good NFL career. Uh, Rob Moore was one of those sort of tall tweener between running back and fullback types. Uh, went to Stanford. Winford Caraway was a guy I barely remember. Uh, Stanley Gideon was uh, a, a lanky DB. Went to SMU. SMU was killing him those days in recruitment. Uh, once again, we will talk too much about why. Ruben Jones, uh, TCU quarterback. Not much happened for him. Here's a name that people will remember. Kurt Warner, number 38 on the list. Went on to have a college football Hall of Fame career at Penn State. And the guy who's in the Hall of Very Good as a pro player. Then comes Bob Clasby, who was a even to tackle, went off to uh, Notre Dame, had a decent career, both college and pro, nothing super, but good. Steve Mott, uh, went off, another kid who went off to Alabama. Cyrus Lawrence, who I remember very, very well. Um, he was a guy that I got a chance to see play in person um, from Virginia. I went off to Virginia Tech and had a pretty darn good collegiate career. Not not much of an NFL career, but had a couple of years in. Then there's Norris Brown and Janelle Brown. No relation. One went to Georgia, one went to Florida. Uh, I have very dim memories of both of the collegians. Uh, once again, not terrible, but nothing to write home about. Then you've got Joe Lukens, who I believe might have been another Moeller kid. Don't quote me on that. But made his way to Ohio State. This is back when... You know, Moeller was something of a factory for college football, just cranking kids out. And, you know, somebody went on to be successful uh, in life, you know, successful as an executive. He is a, a successful business person, um, a person who has uh, put money into um, technology as a, a venture capitalist and investor, uh, still kind of big in the Cincinnati area. And, you know, a guy that, like I said, had a a very good collegiate career and uh, was briefly a dolphin, if memory serves correctly, uh, co-founder and president of Nice Lucas Insurance. Uh, those who are wondering, 550 employees, offices in seven states. So, like I said, going to be very successful as a person after getting his Bachelor of Science in Agriculture and a Master's in Business Administration from Xavier. So, well done. Well, well done. And let's see. Other 
players on that uh, that list. Sean McNamara went to Penn State. Some memories of him. I have I have a slightly better memory of Will Forts, uh, linebacker of Georgia. Another guy I think you know sort of knocked around for a couple of years in the pros. Shelby Gamble, Shelby, sorry Gamble, uh, went to Boston College, was running back. I I don't know if he had a pro career, so it must have been a pretty short one. I have a pretty good memory of that era. Uh, I was I, I just can't seem to remember you know much happening. Um, I do remember he had a pretty decent career at Boston College. I just can't seem to remember much of anything happening after that. Uh, I remember there was some controversy, and I still to this day don't know what the story was. I know he got off to a good start and then left um, Boston College while still a junior, but I don't think it was declared for the draft. Um, I think it may have been something else, uh, something more. I don't know, something... It was a long time ago, but I remember there was a lot of question marks, and, and to this day I don't know uh, what it was that might have prompted uh, Shelby Gamble leaving Boston College. But I do remember, got off to a pretty good start. I don't seem to remember a pro career at all. Well, there may have been one. It may have just been a very short one. But I know that the freshman year was actually very good. It sort of went downhill, downhill, downhill. And then in the, you know, fairly early, I believe, in the, um, I don't know, I can't remember how early it was, but it seems like it's somewhere in the junior year. Shelby Gamble just uh, left the team, and I don't remember, like I said, even the circumstances thereof, but and then I can't remember anything else after that. So if there was a pro career, it must have been a short one. And I see I've been joined by the one, the only Donovan James. How are you and Donovan? I'm pretty good. Still battling bronchitis, so excuse me if I call. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pulling a color, smoking, a, smoking a cigarette on your show. Just oh, battling okay. bronchitis. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Okay, well, I'm not glad that you're battling bronchitis. I am glad that you're not smoking. Um, I was sort of looking back on how hard it is to project forward based on what someone does in high school, what they're going to do in college, and especially not at the NFL level. I was going through that legendary. And this first year, I was even really aware of college recruit, you know, recruitment for high school players was 1979, which was, you know, the year to some extent with all those Hall of Famers in that group. But there's a load of guys who went on to be, you know, maybe successful people, but they weren't much in college, and, and some of them had no pro career whatsoever. Like, if I were to ask you who the number two rated quarterback by most of the scouting services back in 1979 was, you probably would not guess correctly who that was. Uh, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I can't answer that. Believe it or not. Yeah, seventy nine. The the V yeah. year that, that that ridiculous class. I, I know. Yeah, I know about that year because obviously, you know, if I'm a beer recruiting guy, I gotta know stuff before I was born. But I don't know who the number two uh, quarterback. Believe it or not, the, believe it or not, the consensus number two quarterback was a kid named John English from Birmingham, Michigan, who went to Michigan State, and if my memory serves correctly, didn't even win the starting job at Michigan State. Wow. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It happens, right? Um, we've talked about it a lot, you know, um, top recruiting class, especially quarterback position, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a tough one. It's a, the toughest 
um, position for me to evaluate. Most guys I've talked to is quarterback, um, to be honest. Quarterback, and I'd probably say uh, defensive back. Okay. So without putting you on the spot or setting you up to look bad, uh, take me through some of the – and I'll, I'll let you th- toss in redshirt freshmen as well, maybe guys who due to injury or due to whatever couldn't play last year. But guys that we haven't seen yet, if we're just college guys, we're not really high school guys, who we should – to whom we should pay attention this year. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, you said freshmen, right? Just freshmen? Yeah, I'll say I'll say about your freshman too. If maybe injury or circumstances <laughs> last year, I'll, I'll I'll accept that too. Um, you know, I mean, obviously you have to start with Blake Barnett if you start with redshirt freshman. To me, um, just because that's the guy. Oh, excuse me. You know what? He's he's not a redshirt freshman. He's a sophomore, so I can't start with him. He's actually a sophomore now. Um, my bad. <laughs> False claiming over here. Um. Gosh, I don't I don't know where to start. I'm trying to think of a freshman that's gonna start this year. I mean, Hunter Johnson is the backup quarterback for Clemson right now. I think he'll end up playing. I don't think Clemson's quarterback situation is gonna be a little bit of a mess, actually. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be as nice as people think it's gonna be. I mean, replacing number four, um, the column is just gonna be impossible. But I mean, next year they're getting number one quarterback in the country, but this year's gonna be tough. But I think Hunter Johnson will have an impact on the play. I'm trying to go through the list right now. I, there's not. I mean, Davis Mills isn't gonna. He's redshirting. Tua pushed this season with Jalen Hurts, but he's not gonna start. Obviously, uh, I'm trying to go through the quarterbacks that. Uh, excuse my list of quarterbacks that I had at the top um, for this year. Fromm's redshirting or not redshirting. He's back up to to the, their guy, uh, Eason. Um, gosh, man, I'm trying to go through the list right now. <laughs> Tate Martell's not not gonna play. Yeah, this this year's class quarterback. It's not many they're gonna I don't know um who started. Miles Brennan's back up, he pushed to Yeah, Bill, I don't really have guys for you that are true freshmen, honestly. Because none of them are gonna play. Because um, I guess okay. there was a lot of young quarterbacks last year that played. Um so as far as impact guys, no. Um I don't see many having one. Um KJ Costello has a shot. We talked about it on my show. He's a redshirt freshman. Um He's got a shot to play. Um, we talked about Ryan Byrne, not impressed, right? Uh, talked about Keller Chris, semi-impressed, but not good enough, I guess, is what we're saying. Um, so we could see KJ play, excuse me, this year. Um, not today, obviously, in Australia, but um, throughout the season, if they hiccup today or somehow versus Rice and don't have a good game offensively, um, we can see that um, happen. So, he has a shot to play. Um, hmm. Trying to think of any other red shirt. Well, let's, let's, let's stay with KJ Costello oh. for just a second. In case somebody <clears throat> were unfamiliar with him, obviously I've had the opportunity to, through you, learn a fair amount about him. But for those who might not be familiar, how would you describe him? How would you give someone an idea? Paint the word picture, as they say, for someone who may not be familiar. Oh, I mean, KJ's a pro style, you know, pocket quarterback, classic drop back with a uh, West Coast guy. He's big. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. I mean, some people get enamored with somebody. They see 6'4", 220, and they think, you know, strong arm just because of their size. But he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. I mean, he throws lasers, but then the deep ball is not there for him. He's inaccurate with it. But um, he's good, man. He's got good footwork and mechanics. Um, he's came a long way. He's 
Corinto Santa Margarita produces quarterbacks. Orange County produces quarterbacks. We know that. Obviously, number one guy everybody's talking about right now is Sam Darnold um, from that area as well. And KD Costello, he's good, man. He led a team that wasn't as good um, as the competition. They played pretty much every week, and you know they played pretty good um, last year <clears throat> as a senior. Kind of struggled a little bit, like I mentioned on the show, but. He's a good throwback pocket guy. Reminds me, uh, I mean, he fits Stanford's offense really well. Um, he's kind of what Keller Chris was supposed to be. Hopefully, they're they're hoping for that. <laughs> um, they're really similar, actually. Um, I think KJ can definitely do some damage there. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just I'm looking through the quarterbacks again. I don't see uh, Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle from A and N. There's one. He's a redshirt freshman. He could play this year. I I think they'll go with Jake Hubenet. Because they open up with UCLA, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you don't want to throw Nick Stark on there, maybe the first game, but um, he has a chance. That Texas A&M quarterback situation is going to be interesting. Um, that just the whole. I don't. I don't think. Honestly, don't think someone's going to make it to the season. And some of that is the quarter. I mean, they lost. You know, um, Kyler Murray and Jake Allen. Um, Kyler's not starting yet. He will next year when Baker Mayfield leaves, and then Kyle and Houston. Um, they, I'm sure they're wishing they could have one of those quarterbacks, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe Human Act will hold it down for his Richards in the year, or Nick Stark or Kellen Mond will take place as uh, as freshman. Kellen Mond's a freshman that has a shot. Um, I wouldn't play him. He's not ready. Um, athletically, he is. I mean, six four, two sixteen. Um, he runs about a four five, four five three, at the the least. So, but I wouldn't play him. He's not ready. The SEC man. I mean, he's not gonna be able to throw. Football in that conference, we'll see. And their team's not quite that good. Get away with him, quarterback. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it for the younger quarterbacks that I'm thinking of. I mean, like I said, I, Cole Kelly is backing up Brandon Allen. He's got a little bit of a shot just in case something happens there. But I mean, uh, it's not going to be too many too many young guys um, playing this year, to be honest. As many as last okay. year. Okay, what about some other positions? There, there are other positions. Uh, what about running backs? We'll, we'll do, I guess, offense first. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, any offensive linemen? I mean, who, who else on offense might make an impact, even if they're not not a quarterback? Oh, I mean, I, there's a Heisman candidate, a true freshman right now, Cam Akers, that everybody's talking about. And I, I'm, I've been talking about him for years. Um, I love Cam Akers. He's going to start – well, he's going to split carries. You know, always he's going to split carries with Francois. He run, he's a running quarterback. But he's going to split carries with uh, Ryan Green and uh, Jaquez Patrick. Um, they're loaded in the backfield. They play Alabama first game. What better way to make your name as a, you know, true, true freshman versus uh, Alabama Nick Saban's defense, right? Um, they don't have much tape on them. Uh, only high school tape, obviously, so that's an advantage for him somewhat. So that's going to be good. I think he does – me and Jim Coburn actually – Bill talked about this. Uh, I was a little bit surprised Jim said it. Um, I think Jim picked him to win the Heisman. Um, Bart, Barton Simmons picked him to win the Heisman. I mean, a true freshman's hard, but he's going to have a shot just because Florida State, the schedule is tough. Um, they play Alabama, national game, first week of the season. Um, kick return, punt return. This kid can play wide receiver if he wanted to. and probably end up, He'd probably be a top five receiver in this class if he just played natural receiver. Um, he didn't actually even play running back. This is the funny part. He played quarterback last year. Um, I mean, they ran the option every play, so he's pretty much a running back. But he's the truth, man. Um, he, I had him number 
two overall for a reason, and he was the best running back in the country. I, you know, I know everyone's about Najee Harris. You know, he's big, he's Bill Scarborough 2.0. That's great. He's fine. He's going to be a Heisman candidate one day, but Cam Akers is that guy. He's the truth. He is – God, I mean, talking to this kid last year at the opening, man, I mean, I just loved him. Um, I loved his knowledge of the game. Um, loved how, you know, I know he's only 19, but – he kind of threw it. It was a throwback for him saying Clinton Portis was his favorite running back growing up. Well, one of his favorites. I know he said Marshall Fall, and Smith, Barry Sanders, and Clinton Portis. Um, but he said just watching those guys and, and, and he kind of named old school guys. I was just impressed by that. Most younger guys are going to name current NFL players. So that means he's, he studies the game. That's good. I like that. So he's got a shot. Um, Chase Young's going to play. Oh, you said offense first. Sorry about that. I went defense. Uh, offense. Um, Oh, let's see. There's more guys than Cam Akers, of course. Um, trying to think another guy that can have – Donovan Peoples-Jones should have an impact for Michigan. He is the most talented receiver on the team. Um, not the best yet, but he's the most talented. Um, I think by the middle of the season, we'll, we'll maybe be throwing him the football for sure. Um, he's just got it all, man. Uh, he's 6'4", 205 – or excuse me, 6'3", 205, and – he jump out of the gym, got speed. Um, he won the Sparks competition as a junior um, from Cash Tech, staying home. But he'll have an impact on that team. Colby Parkinson will be playing next to Dalton Schultz at tight end. We know Stanford likes to use a lot of tight ends, so I think he'll have an impact. We're talking about that today, as long as they play. Um, so we'll, we'll see what he does. Um, Jerry Judy, I think, should have an impact for Alabama, I believe. Um, I really think he can – be effective in the offense, especially if they still throw it. I don't know if they're going to throw as much as they did the last few years with uh, Lane Kiffin, but if they do, he'll have an impact for sure with that team. Um, trying to off of the play. J.K. Dobbins might – or no, actually, no, I won't go J.K. Dobbins. Stephen Carr um, of SC. Uh, Jones is the guy, but Stephen Carr should be a spellback, and he looks phenomenal, man. He's gained about 12 pounds. Um, from the off season, and he's been running wild, man. He's been he, – if Ronald Jones wasn't on the field, you would think this guy's a starter, basically. You know, Ronald Jones obviously looks fine in practice. Ronald Jones got bigger, stronger, faster. But Stephen Carr, six foot, 202, um, from Fontana, Summit High School, is going to be impact player as well. So those are a few guys right there that uh, will definitely have an impact on offense. I look out for Cesar Ruiz up front. I'll give the lineman a little love. Uh, Wyatt Davis. Bosco, um, he might play some big-time snaps for Ohio State up front, uh, especially with them running the ball so much this year. I think they'll run the ball a lot. Um, yeah, those are my impact guys. Ty Chandler, last guy. I like Ty Chandler. Tennessee, they lost two running backs last year, her and Kamara. Um, I think Ty Chandler, who's a local kid, he's from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he's been committed to Tennessee for three years. He stayed put. I think we'll have a big impact on Tennessee getting to nine, ten wins this year, what they want to do, or even more, of course. Okay. And obviously on defense, depending upon what position you play, it can be sometimes a little easier because you may rotate, a certain position you may rotate, especially the defensive line, players in and out, which can allow someone who's, even not a starter to make an impact. You know, even a guy who's maybe not listed as a starter may come out. And, of course, he may be a starter before the season's over if he continues to make big plays. So jumping over, let's start with defensive line. 
who are some young guys, even if they aren't necessarily starters, that you think might might show up on Saturdays this year? Number two clear-cut guys. One was Cam Akers. One's Jalen Phillips from UCLA. He is going to – he went to UCLA because he knew he was going to start, man. They have a hole at the end position. Kenny Young's out for the season now, too. So that's opening up another hole. But uh, this guy's playing uh, weak side and uh, defensive end. He's a pass rusher, pure pass rusher. Um, he stopped the run a little bit too, but he's six uh, six five, two fifty three from uh, Redlands Valley Rev High School, and uh, he's been the truth, man, all off season. He enrolled early, um, kind of like the quarterbacks usually do, and uh, he's been dominating ever since in practice. And uh, they've raved about him. Uh, my brew crew out there, you know, guys from SB Nation that um, are at the practices, they've been raving about him all summer. Excuse me, all spring long in the summer. So Jalen Phillips would be my number one guy. Uh, Chase Young. From the Massa, um, Ohio State, it's going to be impact. And sorry, I forgot to mention Trey Smith um, earlier. Bill, uh, he's starting for Tennessee at right tackle. So, I mean, that's a given. Um, that he, you know, and most people are saying he's going to be the number overall pick one day. Um, he's kind of the guy that everyone, his body is just perfect, pretty much built off of the lineman. Um, he just he has weaknesses too, though. But he's really good. Uh, and he's so I forgot to mention him. But uh, Chase Young, Jalen Phillips, they're both defensive uh, ends. Uh, those guys will have chances. Um, obviously, you got your Marvin <clears throat> Austin, um, who's going to play this year big. Not Marvin Austin, sorry. I don't know why I said that. But uh, he's, he's going to play He's gonna play big for LSU, Marvin Wilson this year. Uh, Florida State, sorry. Um, 6'4", 330. Um, they'll have him on rotation. Florida State, they, they'll probably start him, but Florida State rotates a pretty good bit. Um, especially how deep they are this year, they'll definitely be rotating. He's an every-down guy, though. Um, he is a guy that people kind of split on. You know, does he take plays off? Is he not as good as he's supposed to be? Blah, blah, blah. He dropped in rankings at the end of the season. I think he's still a top five, top ten guy in this class. And uh, he'll be showing now. Like I said, he'll have a shot. He's going up against a really good offensive line in Alabama. So he'll have a shot week one uh, next week, Saturday, uh, in Atlanta. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, who else we got here? The defense. You said defensive line right now, right? Um, Joshua Kana, Joshua Kana, um, he's going to have a shot, too. He's going to be a part of that rotation. The Florida State's line they got this year coming in is nasty. The whole class, they just have superstars. Um, guys, so he's one of the guys, too, that has a chance to really be away. Um, there's kind of a sleeper guy that I can – he's not a top 100 player um, or anything like that. He's close, but – um. Robert Beal, he goes to Georgia. Um, I think he's going to have a shot. People kind of fell off on him because he, he was going to IMG, transferred back to Georgia. Um, I don't feel like that's like a negative thing. You know what I mean? Like, IMG's tough. Sometimes you don't get playing time. I mean, this guy is a four-star, but, I mean, he wasn't starting because it was just so loaded. So he went back to his old high school, and, I mean, he's still dominant. He got injured a little bit last year, got nicked up, but um, local homegrown guy, Kirby Smart, did a really good job of keeping a lot of Georgia guys in. So I think he'll have a shot um, for Georgia. Georgia's got a really good team this year. So and it starts up front with them um, on offense and defense. Their O-line, D-line. D-line's really good. Talented, young um, D-line. So, um, and then Drew Jordan. Another guy from Georgia. Georgia's recruiting is ridiculous right now, but he's going to Duke. Um, so, you know, he's gonna—he's the biggest recruit they had this year. 
So he'll he will be starting uh, for them. He plays a little bit of defensive end, a little bit outside linebacker. Just depends how how Duke rolls. But uh, he'll be playing. He'll have an impact. He kind of reminds me of Harold Landry a little bit. So that's like a name to keep out for Drew Jordan. Bill. Um, he's not. I think he was a hundred and like seventy three or hundred and seventy two on rivals, which is not bad. I mean, it's. He's still a three, four-star guy, but I mean, just going to Duke, people are gonna kind of I mean, he gets lost in the sauce being from Georgia. But he'll be a guy in four or five years. We're like, oh man, we missed out on him. You know, he's gonna be a top ten, top fifteen pick possibly coming out of Duke. Um, because he just he's, he's a little undersized, I guess. I mean, he's six two, six one and a half, but I like him as a good pass rusher, and he can uh, cover really well. That's my favorite thing about him. So, Drew Jordan's a guy to look out for to play early on the defensive line. Okay, good. Okay, how about the, the true linebackers, guys who have a have a shot at that position? Oh, and I see we're being joined by one of our prospect guests. Is that you, Debron? Yes, sir. Okay, if you'll just hang out for a second. Um, Donovan James, Debron Davis, Debron Davis, Donovan James. Hey, how's it going, man? Going pretty good. Now, Donovan, I know you're focused. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's the thing. I know your, I know your focus is mostly high school guys. But if you get a chance to throw on some Roadrunner tape from University of Tennessee, not Tennessee, sorry, Texas San Antonio, UTSA, uh, I might strongly recommend that you check out Devron. Devron's one of about two or three Roadrunners that that are on my radar this year, and he's right now he's the, the top of those guys I've checked out. Okay, we'll do. You see, I, I, I love uh, I love playing with them on um, what you call it NCAA. <laughs> yeah, I know that's random, but like I, I built my my dynasty with them. <laughs> <You see it? laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I know people are still playing playing that game out there, man. I know people are still playing. They still update the rosters. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch that tape for sure. Excellent. Um, so Donovan, finish up what you're saying, and then we'll transition to Mr. Davis. But you were saying about the linebacker the not class, but the guys who are, you know, have a chance to show up and, and maybe do something. Yeah, I mean, some it's kind of getting repetitive. I feel like with the schools, but Ohio State again, Baron Browning um, will definitely have a shot to play early. Um, this class is just so deep, man. Kind of looking back at it now, you kind of made me look at how deep it was. But Baron Browning will get a chance to play pretty early, um, in my opinion. He is. One of the best cover linebackers I've seen since I've been doing this. Um, just all around, really linebackers. I mean, from Kennedale, Texas, he he's got a good shot um, to be a superstar guy uh, this year as a freshman. Um, Dylan Moses. I mean, how long have we heard about him? You know, forever, pretty much. So this is his <laughs> shot now. So he's lived up to the hype too. You know, a lot of people took uh, shots at him and his family, or whatever, and the whole recruiting thing. At such a young, but. He's actually lived up to it pretty much. I mean, he, uh, for a while, had him as one of the best running backs in the class, and he went and switched position, and now he's playing linebacker, and he's one of the best linebackers in the country. He's just an athlete. Um, going to Alabama, uh, pretty deep at linebacker right now, but he'll definitely get a shot to play. Um, with, with how they rotate linebackers and how they use their defensive players, he'll, he'll definitely get a shot. And most of these guys are going to be playing more so later in the season or mid-season um, in conference play than out of conference right now. But we'll see. Um, there's a lot. Hey, we, we didn't know Jalen Hurts was going to pop onto the scene. Um, it just happened. Um, just happened. Cooper Bateman was there and Blake Barnett. And it just happened. 
hurt. And then he went on to win the SEC Office Player of the Year. So you just don't know. But uh, Dylan Moses will be definitely inside – or excuse me, outside linebacker presence for them. Jacob Phillips um, going to LSU. We'll have some a presence for them as well. And another linebacker to throw at you. Levi Draper, who I think we've talked about him last year um, on my show. He's a kid that just – he's got a lot of hype. You know, he's from Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma, he's been starting for four years there, and he's just a guy that they wanted forever, and now they have him playing inside linebacker. So he'll have a big shot. Singleton, uh, another Primus Catholic kid, going to play for uh, Coach Pat. Um, and Coach Harbaugh and those guys at Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, Drew Singleton's a little undersized, but he's so quick. And, and the way that – conference is going. I feel like with the spread, he'll have a chance to really do some damage there. He can cover. A lot of these guys cover well for the linebacker position. Um, and Drew Singleton's definitely one of them. So, I like him at linebacker. last guy I'll give you is gosh, Levi Jones. Um, now, he's not he's the backup for Porter Gustin, but he will play eventually. Um, it's not going to be anytime soon. Probably. USC is just now getting deep with their depth chart, but he'll play. He'll have a big impact. Um, he'll be a name you hear. Um, really kind of by the time the middle of the season starts, like the Wazoo game is going to be big. Um, I mean, you're going to need as many guys to cover and do all those type of things. And the best thing about Levi is that he used to play corner. Um, he used to play free safety, and then he got kind of too big and just kind of moved into linebacker. Um, he really can still play safety now if he wanted to. Um, he's six three two eighteen. Um, probably put strong safety, but he's playing outside linebacker. He's gonna be a force to be for. So, um, Levi Jones, be the last guy I mentioned for the linebacker position. And now to a position where Mr. Devron Davis certainly has some familiarity. Let's talk about defensive backs. Uh, this is another position where sometimes players can make an impact very early, especially if they show up, you know, during camp and they show up. You know, when they get their chances in practice, you can you can move up the depth chart pretty quickly. Who are some of the guys that you think, you know, freshmen, redshirt freshmen, have a chance to actually play and play well? This, I, I knew we were getting to DBs, obviously. This is an interesting one because this DB class wasn't that great. This year's coming up is supposed to be the best in the past decade. Um, but this year's class wasn't great. But we'll start with another school that I keep mentioning again, Ohio State. Sean Wade, um, I got to see him in person twice last year um, from Trinity Christian Academy in Jacksonville. Sean Wade is the truth. Um, he's going to get a chance to play early. I, he reminds me a lot of Marlon Humphrey uh, from Alabama. Uh, he has that type of skill set, first-round pick in three years. Um, he he might be better, actually, um, <clears throat> just purely as a, like, um, man-to-man guy, Sean Wade. I mean, he, he, good luck. Um, on him. I mean, I want his Tate versus IMG last year. Throw it on because they, he he will cover anyone. Slot guy, six um, four guy, uh, doesn't matter. Um, he has that tenacity and that that will and that just he has everything you need in the corner. He trash talks and he gets behind what he's doing and he does it well. So Sean Wade, uh, Richard the Count the third, um, Georgia, like him. Nice little free safety out there. He will definitely have an impact for them. Um, uh, Robert Barnes, another South Lake Carroll kid from Oklahoma. Um, their secondary is good. I think their secondary is a tad bit overrated. I know they've got really, Jordan Thomas. I like him, but I think he'll get a chance to play um, pretty early. 
at that position. Uh, he plays safety always. Devin Hunter, who you're familiar with, I'm sure, Bill, um, who's going to Virginia Tech. He's <clears throat> from Indian River High School, who get a chance to play. It's their prime recruit they have this year. Um, another DB. Kerry Vincent will play pretty big, man. LSU's, like, secondary is always just so, so, so loaded, though, so you just don't know, but He's the best they got this year. Um, hmm, Trey Brown from Union, who's right now currently actually um, going to Oklahoma. That's another guy that would definitely be a shot to play. Trey Bishop, I think, will play for Georgia just because he's such a physical corner. Georgia doesn't really have any for him six two two or three that can really just press you. I know they got Miko Hardman Jr., who everybody could dreaming about from spring, who's great. Don't get me wrong, but they need a guy that can just shut you down in the red zone. And I think that Trey Bishop can be that guy. I don't know if he's going to play corner or free safety, though. That's the only thing. I would probably put him at corner, though, since I have a count. But I mentioned before, they're already uh, playing free safety. Um, you got Monteric Brown. He's going to Arkansas. He's free safety. I like, I like more I like more safeties in corners in this class. That's the only thing. Brandon McKinney, Lawrence Lutheran, is going to Washington. He's going to be big. You know, obviously, they secondary lost a lot of those guys last year. Buda Baker is one of my favorites. Um, <clears throat> different guy here, but I mean, play the same position. So I think Brandon McKinney will have a shot to play early on, really do. Um, uh, I'm trying to. Treshawn Smith from LaSalle High School in Cincinnati is going to Louisville. He starts now for them to me. Um, Next, uh, what's the corner? What's the safety they have? The, Josh Harvey Clemens, right? There's a big safety they have. Harvey Clemens is the one that went from Georgia to Louisville, <laughs> and now I think he's playing some quote unquote money well, backer yeah, yeah. Like, now in yeah, the he's, NFL. He's, he's gone. Yeah, they have. I'm thinking about Shaq Wiggins. My bad. I'm thinking about Shaq Wiggins, who also transferred from Georgia. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. I get them too confused. They both transferred together. But yeah, my bad. So he should be replacing him. Um. He is not weight-wise. I know Harvey Clemens is like 230, but this kid's 6'2", 180. But um, that's what he was listed at. That's the last, <coughs> excuse me, last thing I have him listed at. But uh, he's a truth. He'll have a chance to play for that Louisville team. And then the last couple guys I'll mention is uh, Tar- Tarek uh, Fields, or Castro Fields, I believe he's going by now. Uh, Tarek Fields, uh, going to Penn State. Is one to look out for that plays corner. Um, you got Keith Taylor from Serba High School in Anaheim going to Washington. And then the last one I would say is uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking about Texas and Merlin, so I guess I'll end with him. Devin Morris, um, lanky, tall corner. He has a shot. I mean, A&M just, you know, Armani Watts is, is supposed to be, you know, top 50 pick, and they've got good, you know, young guys at the position, but he might end up being in the rotation. 6'2", uh, 185. Like I said, from Texas came in. Um, honestly, haven't seen too much on him, but I know he has really good Sparks numbers. I know how A&M recruits. They recruit. Really, you know, they, they look into Sparks a lot. So, I mean, he's really good at, at testing and uh, bringing numbers when I see him. So, uh, that should be another guy that might have a chance to uh, play. Okay, and probably a shorter list, but let's, let's just give let's give a little bit of love, I guess, to the third phase 
are there any specialists, uh, return specialists or punt and kickoff specialists that are worthy of mention or guys that you think might show up this year, and then we'll move on to Devrin. Um, I mean, I already mentioned Cam Akers, I guess. I mean, Darren Felix, maybe. Um, I don't know if they're going to have him as, like, a return guy, but I would assume if he is playing this year, he's going to be his return guy. Um, we all, I mean, this kid is just one of the fastest players in this year's class. Um, he's from Fort Myers, uh, Florida. Produces speed, of course, that area. He's going to Oregon, another speedy school. Devin Allen's no longer there, so, I mean, there's a spot open <clears throat> for, for him to play. Um, so he has a shot, I would say. Uh, Jackson McKen- McChesney, excuse me, um, from Lone Peak, uh, Utah, he's going to BYU. Or he's out of BYU now. I think he plays this year. And I think he ends up being a really good running back, like career-wise. He might end up being one of those guys that's like number one, like number two, number three, BYU rushing yards or something. All purpose yards. Everyone calls him uh, – Everyone calls him Christian McCaffrey Light. <laughs> Obviously, he's another white running back, but <laughs> he's different. He's not all as good as Christian McCaffrey yet, but he's not as fast. He's probably never going to be that fast, but he's really good. I like him. Um, so, we got for Jackson and Chesney. Uh, Tevin Bush, guy missing a West Virginia kid. West Virginia's always got the speedsters. Um, I think Tevin Bush is only 5'7", but he's a track guy. He'll be he'll – be, He'll be a guy that does punt returns for them, probably. Um, and I would think Biagio uh, might have a chance to do some kick return, punt return with uh, Demetrius uh, Robertson from Cal. So uh, he's a guy that, you know, Cal doesn't really run the ball too much anyway, um, so he's not going to play running back. Um, they have enough running backs there right now. So he might play in the kick return game. And then uh, last guy would be uh, Traylon Smith. Is that Arizona State? Maybe not this year, Bill. Um, barring injury, I hope none of those guys are injured because I like Ballage and uh, the other running back, Demario Rashari, there. But no, those guys are going to do kick returns first, of course, and punt returns. But if there's another guy that they need to step up to the plate, it'd be Traylon Smith um, out of Houston. 5'8, 180, just straight line, free speed, 437, 438. So, I mean, he's the straight speed line guy. I don't. Not really. Don't know how athletic he is or anything, or how agile he is. I just know his straight line speed is insane. So, uh, and Arizona State, that's how they're going to make their money this year is having that field position, um, helping out their new kicker. They don't have Zane Gonzalez anymore, who's probably one of the best kickers of the past ten years. So, um, they're going to have to help their new kicker out, and uh, Traylon Smith will be uh, a bonus for them for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Any? Um, are there any? Place kickers or punters you wanted to make mention up before we moved on to Mr. Davis? Um, yeah, there actually this class wasn't bad for kickers and punters. Um, trying to think of the one guy. Um, gosh, hold on one second. It's slipping my mind right now, Bill. <laughs> hold on, it'll come to me. Um, good lord, I cannot think right now. You might have to come back to me on that. <laughs> Maybe. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I got his name. I got his name now. Um, um, Brent. I can't pronounce his last name. Simagala. I think is his last name from Tennessee. Um, he kicks and punts. So I just, I'm going off assumption here that he might have a shot because 
He did both in high school. Um, I know Cole Hahn is supposed to be starting for Michigan as far as kickers go. Um, Cooper Graham, IMG's kicker, is probably going to play a little bit. This It's funny, though, because he only he barely he didn't really do much. <laughs> he didn't have to kick too many field goals. <laughs> Mostly it was extra points, but, uh, you, know, I mean, you know, I was shot. Um, Anders Carlson was probably the best kicker I saw last year, but the thing about it is uh, they have a guy named Daniel Carson that's uh, really, really, really good at punting and kicking. So probably won't play this year, but he will end up being – they'll probably redshirt him this year. And then he'll be the next Daniel Carson. He'll kick for Auburn for the next four years. Um, then he, Brandon Ruiz actually is the guy replacing Zane Gonzalez. Um, Arizona State gets really good kickers for some reason, but you know Brandon Ruiz, uh, he'll have a he'll start this year. And then uh, Blake Hobbell. I don't know how the kicking situation. I know they lost Cameron Johnson last year. Um, he's gone. Kicked from Australia, so I think Blake Hobbell uh, will have a chance to uh, either kick or punt. Excuse me, next year. So those are you guys. Um, trying to think of any punters. Honestly, man, I don't. The only punter I know in this class was uh, <coughs> excuse me, Ryan Stonehouse from Modern Day. Um, is going to Colorado State. I don't know if he's going to play or not because I don't know their depth chart by heart or anything. But um, for for special teams, but Ryan Stonehouse and then um. Uh, the kid from Virginia Tech is supposed to be really good. He's from Australia. He's going to Virginia Tech. Oscar Bradburn. Obviously, Australia, you know, Institute has their kickers. That they, Oscar Brain, Broadburn is uh, like 6'4", 190. Um, he'll be probably – Beamer Ball still exists, even though he's not there. You know, Bud Foster's there. Fuente's there, I know. But they're still trying to get field position. Kicker's a big deal for them. So, he'll have a chance. Um Last one I know is Tucker Day, who went to Brentwood, but I think he's at Mississippi State. Don't know if he's going to play, but he was one of the best kickers or punters in the class. So um, I went to a camp. Shows you how much of a nerd I am for high school football, um, for punters and kickers in Georgia last year. And he was there. He really good. So um, he has a chance as well. Perfect. Donovan, that was very thorough. <laughs> I thank you very, very much. Uh, you are welcome to to stay with me as I as I get to know Debron better. I have been looking forward to this for weeks, as Debron knows. <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Mr. Davis I, and I have been I working on putting this together. No, I, say, I, I have to run actually because I have to go to Cartersville for to watch Trevor Lawrence throw football. So gotcha. Um, I wish and I could if, say I I, I want to listen to his interview because of the guest you have on from UTSA. That's so send me the link and I'll definitely be listening. I, I, that can certainly be arranged. Then before you run, tell me to where they can find your work and follow you, sir. Yeah, um, you can follow my work at uh, – <clears throat> or excuse me, follow my Twitter at Don James Sports and Texas Wire. Uh, you can find my work and then, uh, you know, still doing my own um, stuff with NGSC for as far as, like, uh, high school football rankings and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I do my own thing. Like I say, follow me at Don James Sports. I mean, we have – a lot of game footage. Um, I'll say every week I go to different, different things. Uh, Bill knows I like to get, go around. You know what I mean? I get around, try to watch uh, the best players in the country. Um, being a guy that pretty much goes back to California and Georgia a lot is a blessing to do high school football because 
I mean, those are two of the top five states, and, and that's all you really have to do. I mean, I'm missing out on Texas, missing out on Ohio, Georgia, California treats me well. So, um, yeah, find my work there. Um, the game I will be at, excuse me, actually will be on ESPN two, and it's uh, um, Batram Trail from Jacksonville versus uh, Cartersville. Um, we have Joe Gatewood on one side, who's going to Auburn, uh, and then on the other side is Trevor Lawrence, who's the number one quarterback in the country. Going to Clemson, so find me there. Um, maybe you'll see me on TV. I don't know, probably not, but <laughs> I'll be there. So, and then I'll be watching the fight like everybody else tonight. So thank you. Have a good one. Hey, excellent. Thank you, Donovan. No problem. So, Mr. Devron Davis, after lo these many weeks, finally we've made this happen. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you doing today? I'm thrilled. I am so happy to finally have, have you here today with me. So I have spent the last slightly over a year uh, getting to know not you as a person, but simply you as a prospect, you as a player. Finally, I have to know a little bit more about you as a human being. So take me back, Devron. Take me back to the beginning of the beginning. Uh, when was the first time that you – actually saw football? Like, when did you and football meet? How did you first find football, and how did football first find you? Um, well, uh, as a kid, I, I always watched football. I was about five, five or six. Uh, when I initially started watching football, um, I understand bits and pieces of it. Uh, my family always been a, a big football family, family-oriented, and uh, we always just used to watch football all the time, whether it was Sunday night or it was just college watching Cal, watching Lavelle Hawkins uh, with Marshawn Lynch and Aaron Rodgers and those guys. Uh, that's when I really, really started getting uh, acclimated because of Lavelle Hawkins. He's from Stockton, California, where I'm from, and uh, he kind of pushed, kinda pushed me uh, and was kind of like a little idol for me growing up at that point in time. And then Obviously, you had guys like Brandon Cooks and Tremaine Johnson and those guys as well uh, as I was a little bit older in high school. And I watched those guys. Tremaine went to Montana and uh, Brandon went to Oregon State. and uh, It kind of kept me uh, just just motivated and to know that you can, you can do anything you really put your mind to, really. Now, you mentioned Stockton, which is an area that I think people have a mental picture of California that's like two big blobs. The Bay Area, people have a rough idea of where that is, San Francisco, Oakland, that area, and then L.A. (laughs) And then everything in between, I think people have like a fuzzy – I don't think people really understand where Sacramento or Bakersfield or Stockton is. For those who are not quite familiar with the geography of the state of California – Tell them about how far Stockton is from the places they are familiar with. Like if you're talking, if you're going, say, south of the Bay Area or whatever, how far are you from uh, the Bay Area of California? Uh, I'm going south, uh, like kind of towards Sac. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, about, uh, we're about an hour and 45 minutes away from uh, Oakland. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's about an hour and 45 minutes. Um not that far of a drive, but 
uh, very similar uh, to Oakland and uh, just geography and uh, the kind of people and uh, environment. Uh, so it's kind of the same situation as Oakland. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, it's a it's it's kind of painted in a bad way uh, just because they're always highest murder rate per capita stuff like that. Um, it kind of molded me to become the player I kind of am, and I think it kind of molded Brandon Cooks and Tremaine Johnson and Ravel Hawkins, all those guys that uh, live in, in kind of in those conditions. Uh, me and Tremaine and uh, Ravel, we all, we all live in the same neighborhood. Uh, Brandon Cooks, he lives uh, close, uh, close to Santa. Santa Brandon's, uh, Brandon's like, what, two – Two and a half years older than you, something like that. Uh, well, I'm 19. Brandon's like maybe oh. 20, 23. Three. So he's like four years. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's about four years apart. Uh, yeah, because when I was a freshman, he was a senior. And, uh, he was, I still got his track spikes to this day <laughs> in my house. <laughs> but, uh, he just uh, he lived about. He lived on the other side of town in Spanos, is, which is actually uh, the owner of the Chargers is uh, is uh, Michael Spanos. Yeah. And, um, we yeah, the son of, of Dean Spanos, right? I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we all went to. Well, I went to Lincoln. Uh, Lavelle, uh, Brandon Cook went to Lincoln. Tremaine Johnson went to Edison, and Lavelle Hawkins went to Edison, which is kind of interesting and funny. Um, uh, me and Brandon went to the same school, and they they went to the same school. And I, I kind of I grew around the Spanos. Uh, my freshman year, I kind of came around them, met all them, Philip Rules and guys like that. So uh, that's how I got familiar with Spanos and stuff like that. Huh. Okay. And you played a couple other sports growing up. Tell me about the, the other sports you played growing up, and how do you feel like that? Maybe improved or shaped you as an athlete and what things you learn from playing other sports coming up? Uh, it's it's always just a competitive nature. Uh, I, I play, I ran track, uh, played basketball, I tried baseball. Um, <laughs> that wasn't too, that didn't work out too good. <laughs> I could tell just by the way you said it. <laughs> I could tell just... Yeah, uh, I was a pretty good outfielder. I just, I wasn't very good at hitting. I wasn't a good hitter like that. I can. I was a really good outfielder. I can play the ball getting there. That's probably why I play corner, uh, like I do. But um, yeah, that I played a lot of sports, and it's just all about just the competitive nature, competitive edge. Uh, growing up, it made me so competitive, and I think uh, the position I play at corner is a, it's a very competitive position. Uh, one false step, one wrong move, it could be a touchdown, and I just like that 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 competitiveness about it, and just it's all on you type of mentality. Uh, the defense we run is a is a it's a four two five, but we run a lot of man coverage with no safety no safety over the top because we're always either blitzing or using the safety in a different in a different run fit or something something like that. Excuse me, gotcha. something like that. No um, problem. That's that's just the, the competitive nature, and I think that's what uh, Coach Golden really likes about me the most, uh, just uh, the competitive nature, and uh, he feels like he can leave me out there on the island. And, uh, I feel like I can do it every week. So, 
Okay. So, obviously, as you said, you went from a very competitive part of a very competitive place, you know, where there's lots of other good athletes. Tell me about when you first got to high school, how you established yourself as a player, and and what things helped you to work your way up the depth chart to become a starter and then a star um, when you got to high school, yeah. Um, initially, uh, I didn't start playing football until my freshman year. I was always around football. Uh, I wanted to play Pop Warner, but me and my mom's situation mm-hmm. uh, really didn't uh, do it. So I had to wait till, uh my freshman year in football. And, uh, initially, uh, it was different from watching it and playing it. It's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, it was kind of fast and physical and all the things that i seen and I try to imitate. It was like, man, this is more than what I thought. Um, so freshman year was just more a filling out process. That they started me just because the athletic ability, I could run fast and all the extra stuff. But I just wasn't. I, I didn't know any technique. I didn't have any of those just raw athletic ability just out there playing. And uh, my brother, well, he's my half brother. My brother, he uh, was named Justin Davis. I'm pretty sure. Uh, some people know about him. He was a running back at USC, and now he uh, signed with the Rams undrafted. He's playing running back for the Rams right now. And uh, they they always knew he was already playing. And he was physical. He was fast. He uh, one of the um, top running backs in the country. And I was his little brother. Coach Gray, who was the head coach at the time at Lincoln, saw some potential in me. I was just as fast as him as a freshman and things like that. We all ran track together. So uh, my sophomore year, they bought me up to varsity, and that was just a whole nother different kind of speed. So uh, every every year I was just always playing with older people and always running around older people. So my game matured faster than the freshmen and guys that were under me. So uh, it was all just a process, and uh, I think, at the end of my sophomore year is when I really started sparking out and everything came together and uh, I, I, it, it clicked and uh, I just I just started to kick and stride after that. The rest of the history. Okay. And you mentioned track, which you know many of the great defensive backs in history, uh, you know, from Daryl Green and Dion and. Uh, Dominic Rogers Cromartie, a bunch of them, Antonio Cromartie, a bunch of them, have been stacked track standouts in their high school careers. What were your best events, and what were your your personal records and your favorite events in track? And the one, I ran the 100, I ran the 200, I ran the 400 once, but I was. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people were scared of the 400, but uh, it hurt. The 100, uh, I was a 10-6 guy, 10-7 guy. I always was uh, mixing and matching through that. And uh, the 200, I ran a 21-5. And in the 400, I ran a 51 to a 50. I was always in that range. Uh, so uh, track, I was pretty good. I mean, I think if I would have worked on my block starts a little bit more and stuff like that, I could have been a lot faster. But um, you know, track, track is a lot more about technique and form right. than it is sometimes about speed. So, 
Right. That's that's what it really was. But track definitely helped me a lot on the field. Uh, just just closing speed and all those kind of things that just kind of helped me become a better athlete. People often talk about that, and they say, you know, track speed versus football speed. And what what they mean, or what I think they mean, is that obviously in a track environment, one, you don't worry about anybody hitting you, obviously, but most importantly, as you said, being able to get that initial explosion out of the blocks, use your form to maintain that, that, that acceleration for as long as possible, and then relax into the last part of the race instead of tensing up, which is where people lose speed. I was unfortunately not fast enough to run the 100, the 200, or even the 400. I was stuck in the 8, which is just about pain tolerance, Devron. It's just about who can take it. I'm not even joking. Yeah. That's not even a joke. That's not even a joke. Uh, I, remember first, I remember the first time I ran the 8, I ran it like I ran the 4. I'd run the 4 before I hadn't run the 8 before. I took off. I was like, oh, man, I'm killing these guys. I'm killing these guys. And at about the 650-meter mark, it was as if, forget a piano, it was like the whole orchestra landed on my back, though, Ron. It's like, oh, my God. I'm, I thought I might have had a stroke. Uh, my body just started seizing up. I saw spots. It was horrible. I, I, was, I went for being way out in front first. I think I finished third or fourth. I managed to hang on like grim death for like third or fourth, but it was horrible. It was a terrible experience. I was on, my body was on fire. <laughs> that sounds familiar for sure. <laughs> Definitely can uh, relate to that situation. Yeah. So I learned an important lesson. You really have to – it is a sprint, technically speaking, but it's not a sprint like the 100 or the 200 is. It's a controlled sprint, or you will literally feel like death towards the end. Oh, but yeah. Uh, that was my okay. experience with that. Yeah, that was that's a tough race. God bless anyone who runs that race well. So <laughs> you – have natural talent, obviously, and you've worked hard to get where you are as well. Now, when you were, and you said you're a competitor, tell me about some of the best guys you've ever faced when you were out there playing. I mean, you, you've often drawn the other team's best receiver. Tell me about some of the best guys you've faced in your career. Oh, man. Um, obviously, uh, um, well, we I could go off just this year. Uh, we played uh, – we played Carlos Henderson at La Tech. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell me about yeah. him. Take me inside. I mean, you've studied him up close and on tape. What was it that made him so productive? Um, I, I think, uh, obviously, uh, the first thing that stands out, he's a, he's a fast guy. He, he has stride. He's a, he's a long strider. He's uh, fast. He's a, he's a slipper. He's a slippery kind of guy, you know. He's fast. He, uh, he's in and out of his breaks pretty good. And uh, I think I think that that kind of F factor has uh, just wanted it more at times than other guys. Uh, um, that that's really the difference with Carlos. Uh, I think he he brings kind of a gritty gritty kind of attitude to the game, and uh, you know that it worked out for him to make him a successful person in college. Yeah, I really liked him last year. And that was one of the ways I first spotted you um, was I noticed that you and he saw a good amount of each other. You didn't have him in every single uh, rep, but it seemed like you had him more than anybody else did. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think uh, with him, it was just uh, uh, one thing he he didn't uh, like touch and I uh, used against him uh, mm-hmm. was was the fact that he didn't he didn't like being impressed. Uh, he didn't like people being physical with him, and uh, uh, that's one of the things I, I do best. Uh, I like to use my arm length and uh, my feet and just uh, mirror guys and uh, get in front of them and get in their face and uh, be physical and, and, and show that kind of different side to me. So those kind of things are, are one of the biggest things I knew going into the game that I wanted to do with him, get in his face and, uh, and make him beat me. Uh, I wasn't going to be scared and uh, – I think uh, any competitor that plays football or, or any sport uh, is, is going to try their best uh, to, to dominate. Okay. So you faced him. Um, and, of course, in high school you faced some pretty good guys. Who are, looking at your entire career, who would you say were some of the maybe top five or so guys you've ever lined up across? Uh, well, uh, first we got Joe Mason. Uh, Play Joe yeah, uh, he'll do. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, Joe Mixon. He was a guy, I think, in the NFL. You guys are going to see uh, he, he's some kind of a different breed. Uh, Joe Mixon was really good. Um, we, uh, man, we went everywhere. We, uh, Darius Pickett we played against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Harvey, Manny Wilkins that I got to face last year. Uh, and uh, it's a lot of guys. Um, Amon Marshall played against him. Um, oh, who's um, now uh, playing DB at USC. Yeah, we, uh, we didn't we didn't went through a lot of guys. And I even faced a Dory Jackson. Uh <laughs> okay, that's that speaking of speed, tell me what that was like. Uh door is very quick. Uh I think uh top speed I uh when I faced him I didn't really get to see his top end because uh when I was guarding he ran a lot of lands and he had run fades, but it wasn't like uh he didn't really get to push in stride just because the kind of technique I play uh I'm always in, I always play in front of you, I always match match and mirror and uh I always have my hands on you. So it's hard to really tell if a guy really is kicking in stride. But one thing I really seen from him initially, uh just the quickness and athletic ability. Uh he's very very quack cat like quick and uh uh he's a, he's also a very slippery guy and uh he's he's a special talent and definitely got a lot of respect for Dory. We went back and worked that whole game, so uh, a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a fun guy to watch. He's one of my he was one of my favorite players in the last draft. So I'm a I'm a very big fan of it. And and like I said, you have a lot of those qualities. Maybe not quite. I mean, he's you know you're you're a good athlete. I don't know if you're quite where he was. I mean, he's. Scary, stupid, athletic. You're you're a really good athlete, <laughs> yeah. but he might be that next notch up. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's, he's some something else uh, to say the least. Um, I think uh, as far as just playing corner, uh, it's a little bit different. But uh, as far as just a pure athlete, uh, yeah, he's 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 a pure athlete for sure. He can play offense. Yeah, Adore's one of those guys that you you know you have to find ways to use him. He he'll probably be a, a good corner, but it's almost like a waste to just play him at corner. 
He's such yeah. a special all-around talent. I would just invent things for him to do. Basically, you know, I would, um, I would get him into my, you know, my 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 fakes, you know. So he might line him up at up back sometimes on my punts, and you know, snap it directly to him and let him just take off. I might let him return, you know. Sometimes put him in the backfield. I mean, I just, I just, I would just go crazy if I had a guy like that on my team. It's like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna get you. Touches, some kind of way. You're going to get six, seven touches along with playing some nickel and maybe some outside corner. I mean, I would just, like I said, you just got to be creative with a guy like him. Definitely. Oh, definitely. For sure. So you face some pretty good talent in your, for a man who's only 19, man, you've seen a lot of good players. Yeah. I mean, um, it's kind of funny. When you go to the tournaments and uh, we were, I played with Diverse and we would go, to the tournaments at UCLA, the Rose Bowl, and face Joe Mixon and TMP and all them guys. So, I mean, you've been around that talent all your life. Uh, it kind of rubs off on you. You uh, kind of get used to it. And just kind of like uh, September 2nd when we played Houston, uh, you know, they got Kyle Allen there. Yep. Now he's the, starter, uh, he's the number one quarterback coming out of high school, and he's at A&M doing his thing there, and uh, they got, obviously, Stephen Dunbar, a receiver, Lionel Bonner, and some other guys. That mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, uh, this is pretty regular for me, and uh, yeah, right. I think uh, with, with, with how our team looks this year, uh, we're going to be very shocking. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's our, that'll be our motto for this year, shocking, because uh, okay. this team, now, of course, is really good. Here's one of the big differences between high school and college. People always think about bigger, faster, stronger, and that's that's an aspect of it. But to me, I think the biggest biggest difference is the role that film study plays. Tell me about the difference that film study makes for you between the way you played in high school and the way you play now. Oh wow, uh, film study is is a big thing of it. Um, I think uh, just the little things. Uh, it's not nothing really that's going to tip you off. It's just a little thing. It may be just a split. It may be uh, just a repetitive play calling. It it could be it could be a lot of things. It could be uh, a formation. It could be a, a, a split or a, uh, anything. Anything like that really helps you uh, just kind of break down film. In high school, you would just go line up and and play and wouldn't even look at the film and still make plays. But I think with college. It's more of a mental game. It's like a, it's like a chess match, and uh, you make the wrong move, you can get checkmated. So uh, that's that's really what college is. It's a, it's all yeah. The athletes are a little bit better because of the strength and conditioning, but it's really the same. It's really just who got who got smarter, and yeah, you might be better than most of the guys nine times sometimes, but it's just. It's, it's a mental game now, and uh, you got to be smarter. And, uh, you could just imagine at the NFL level, it's even worse. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sure some of your, your, your friends from the neighborhood who've gone on to the league probably have given you some, you know, at least a little bit of knowledge about, you know, how how much you got to pick it up to get ready for the mental side. You know, the physical side, I think, I think a lot of, not a lot, lots too strong a word, but I think the majority of the guys who make it into a camp, at the NFL level, can handle the physical side. There might be maybe 5% who can, 
who physically can't play. Most of the guys who don't make it, it's the mental load. All, it's so much information. It comes at you so fast. The, the term they use is drinking from the fire hose. Yeah. And the guys yeah. who can find a way to manage that, to not have their brains melt down, are the guys who have the shot to make it. Yeah, I, I think uh, most of the guys in the NFL, they're all pretty equal. Uh, it's the guys that can uh, uh, recognize things and, and play fast and not be stopping their feet and, and not thinking out there. And it really is just about having fun. Uh, all the mm-hmm. you in the NFL is college and high school all over again. You, uh, it's the best of the best, obviously. Uh, but... Uh, really, it's a mental game. Who got who got better mentally, and who whose IQ improved? Really. Gotcha. Now, take me through your recruitment process. Obviously, there's a lot of twists and turns. You're a California kid. Uh, there's a lot of good places to play in California. You know, you're you're not that far from Stanford. You're not that far from Cal. Uh, you've got Sac State, uh, not that far from you. There's obviously other schools in other parts of the, uh, you know, you've got Oregon, Oregon State. You've got Portland State further up. You've got uh, Washington and Washington State. And then you've got all the other, you've got Fresno. You've got, uh, there's a lot of schools. <laughs> it's a big state. So, and then obviously you ended up out of state. But take me through the process. Take me through your recruitment process. When did you first start to hear from colleges? Who uh, I think in high school, uh, uh, I had Cal talking to me. Uh, Arizona offered me. I had San Diego State who offered me. I had, uh, I mean, really, I, I really all of California, and then I mean, obviously some D one double A is out of out of state. Abilene Christian, and, uh, um, some of, a lot of other D one double A's and stuff like that. So. I mean, I was kind of uh, all over the place, Cincinnati in high school, all all really over the place. Maybe now I had Missouri and Michigan State interested, Nebraska interested when Bo Pelini was there. So, you know, I was uh, pretty highly recruited out of high school, and uh, uh, I think uh, what didn't work out was just uh, not knowing how much uh, grades were important. Yeah. Yes, sir. I think from – some kids uh, don't have a proper guidance or proper people in their life telling them uh, kind of where to go and how to kind of deal with those kind of things. And uh, I didn't. So, uh, you know, I was, I was getting these offers, and um, I think I, I uh, um, didn't didn't uh, really take it serious, and I should have. And now, now that um, – now that um, I was done with high school and stuff like that, I went to the JUCO process, and uh, it was a whole different environment, and I knew grades was important. I knew the right things to do, and, and all those kind of things helped me become a better person and student. And uh, Those offers that I got from high school, they transitioned over and uh, actually got more actually got more offers uh, the second time around, more people coming around. Right. right. The re-recruitment. So there's a, once again, the junior college process you mentioned is an interesting one. Take me, so once you realized that you had some academic challenges that were going to prevent you from going 
initially to some of the schools that it offered you. How did you choose your junior college? And what was it about that particular junior college opportunity that stood out amongst all the others that presented themselves? Um, I think uh, the biggest thing was my dad played at the same junior college I went to. So uh, when my dad had went to Merced and stuff like that, uh, I just kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps, sort of say. I went to Merced, and and, uh, the funny part about it, my dad, the, the coaches that, was that Merced played with my dad in '94? Huh. Played with Ruben Jones and Odell Collins and and guys like that. And uh, they actually were the coaches at Merced. So I went to Merced. They found out that was my dad and stuff like that. And I ended up playing on the team. The first game I didn't start, and one of the guys that got injured. And then the first play I got in, I got a pick, and uh, really the rest was history. There. You, if, if memory serves correct, you made all conference your first year in junior college. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, take me through some of the highlights. As you said, you you sort of came right out of the gates. Uh, tell me about maybe if you had to pick a favorite game from your junior, junior college career. If you want to show me, you know, the game that made people want to sign you. What would be the game that stood out most in your mind from your junior college days or you know year? Uh, it probably would have been the Shasta game. Uh, that was a good game. We lost by one point. It was 33-34. I had a pick six, uh, a force fumble, and some big hits that game. And uh, just flying around, uh, being the best part, being the best player I could be. And um, you know, I, I pride myself on always trying to uh, outdo every game, doing better than the game I did before, no matter how good it was. And uh, that's just always been my mentality, but that was definitely fantastic. As you mentioned, uh, you played with some really good players. How, were there any guys that you faced in your JUCO year that are guys that you thought were pretty impressive, or guys that you think might show up again somewhere in the world, and you might see more of them? Oh wow! Um, let me think. Uh, we had. Yeah, some pretty good guys. Uh, I think uh, guys. These be, be guys you played either with or against, either teammates or or opponents. Guys that stood out to you. Well, uh, we had a D lineman named Camilo Tungamoa. Uh, he signed with Iowa State. He got there this year. Uh, he was really good. Um, Four star kid, six five, two ninety, ran about a four eight. Hello. Uh, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, he's a big guy, very big guy. He might about be three ten right about now, though. But real big Samoan guy, really good. And then we had some uh, some kid named Romy, a receiver that was at Harnell. He's at UAB. I actually going to face him this year. Uh, we were talking uh, on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, I can only imagine the 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 tone of that conversation. Oh yeah, definitely. I think uh, he's 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 excited uh, to see me again. I don't think I don't know why, but uh... <laughs> well, <laughs> it'll be. I will. That's a game I will circle as well, since I know the two of you will look forward to the reunion. Uh, I have a feeling 
there'll be some some good tape coming out of that one. So that's that's on my watch list for this year. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, he he'll definitely um try to bring it. Uh, but as, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't see any problems with him. But uh, <laughs> he uh, he's a six five receiver, long guy. He had offers from Colorado and uh, Utah and USC. Mm. Oh. End up UAB because his brother was a is a quarterback over there now, so um, that could be interesting. But yeah, it's just um, yeah, I faced a couple good guys uh, in JUCO and stuff like that. And, you know, it's all just a process, and I'll, it's it's nothing nothing better than playing football. I just love the game and, just <laughs> and keep continue to keep playing. Okay. So now we can go forward with your, your re-recruitment. So now you understand the process better, obviously. You're a little more mature. So you went to JUCO when you were only 17, right? Yeah. So there were some dudes around you who were probably two or three years older than you, I'm guessing. Yeah. They, uh, um, I was so used to it because I've always been around older guys, you know. always been around guys older than me and, and more mature than me. So it, it rubbed off on me and I'm so, I'm so glad I always have been around guys that were older, more mature than me, because it just made my game that much better. Gotcha. And you got your – most importantly, you got your academic act in order while you were there as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I got to take academics more serious. Uh, I, I pushed through every class. Uh, I finished with either an A, B – or C at times, and uh, I, I was proud of that. And now I'm here, and uh, it's, it's the same situation. I want to finish and get my degree and get my bachelor's degree. And, uh, hopefully at the end of the year, start preparing for this combine and things like that. So, Okay. Now let's, let's walk through this process. So you find yourself in the re-recruitment, as I said it. All the Pac-12 schools, are, or almost all the Pac-12 schools, are, are involved. And there's some, as you said, some other schools involved. How did you navigate the process the second time? What were the things you looked for, and how did you make your decision? Uh, I, I feel like relationships. Uh, relationships is key. Uh, the biggest thing with me was never about a school or a situation. It was always about a relationship. And uh, initially, I was committed to Louisville. And, mm-hmm. uh, Where you would have played with Terry Alexander. That would have been something to see. Where you would have... Oh, definitely. Uh, that's that's kind of funny. Uh, man, when I came on my visit up there, Jair, Ronald Walker, the guy that actually signed with them, we were all up there and we were talking about that situation. Uh, but it's just something about Louisville that wasn't right for me, and then uh, I ended up not going there. And uh, Colorado State came involved. Terry Fair, he was putting <laughs> me. Right. A very good defensive back in his own right, uh, way before your time, but I remember him quite quite well. And that means you would have been facing Michael Gallup in practice every day. That would have been something to see. <laughs> yeah, I faced him. Uh, it was funny because that, that was, uh, I think it was personal. I ended up coming to UTSA, <laughs> and we played Colorado State. They tried to throw a post on me, and I knocked it out of Michael's hand. Uh, and they were all mad at on the sideline and then after that they kept trying to throw hitches on me and uh, they wanted to catch a ball on me really bad uh, unfortunately they 
last one. Uh, but yeah, they are, uh, Michael, he's a talented guy. I see him doing work. I hit him up every now and then. Like, good job, man. Keep working. Uh, our dreams going to come true pretty soon. Uh, it's just little things like that. So uh, Yeah, I think the two of you are going to see each other for years to come somewhere. <laughs> so get used to seeing a lot of – maybe you'll be teammates at the next level. Who knows? But either way, get, I think the two of you should get used to the sight of each other for some time to come. Yeah, I, I think he would agree. Um, yeah, Michael, he's, he's a talented guy. And, uh, I, I'm rarely excited. He actually played today against Oregon State. I got a – I got a homeboy that plays at Oregon State. He's a corner, Xavier Crawford. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Well, okay, I didn't plan to talk about him, but now we got to talk about him. Another one of my favorites. Man, you you bring up some names. Okay, so break Xavier Crawford down for me because um, I'll talk – we'll talk – I'll tell you what I like about him, but tell me what you've noticed about him. Uh, well, um uh, Zay, he's a young guy. Um, he's a crafty guy. It is nice funny hearing you at 19 and a half call somebody a young guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that that's part of a mature process to me. I think I need to understand I'm still 19, but I, I'm far more ordered mentally. But, yeah, Zay, he has nice ball skills. Uh, he's a crafty guy in cover. He has nice feet, and he uses his hands real well at times. And, um yeah, I just like his ball skills. He has nice ball skills and stuff like that. I just told him uh, this year just um, just be more relaxed at times. I feel like sometimes he may panic sometimes in coverage instead of just relaxing. If he can't play the ball, play the hands and stuff like that. It's just a little thing with Zay. And that, that happens with younger corners, I think, uh, sometimes. And they feel like the ball, they can't play the ball in the air. They keep their eyes up there too long instead of just snapping back and playing through the hands. Um, yeah, that's just really uh, about Zay. But he's definitely going to be a good corner for some years, that's for sure. Your scouting report is so good. That's so spot on. You nailed it. Oh, my gosh. Man, when you're done, you should coach. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. You notice a lot of the same things I notice. He's a guy who can really stay in phase with people, really yeah. good at getting in that hip pocket, really, really, really good at, at easy. either he's got a good sense of route recognition or he's guessing right a lot, one or the other. Um, some guys are good enough at guessing that they guess right uh, enough at the time. Some guys actually recognize the route uh, from you know tape or whatever it is. But I have also noticed, just like you just said, there's times when he's actually right in position, but he'll decide to throw that arm bar out there or, 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 or lean into the guy too much and get a flag where he could have just, like you just said, find the ball, and if you can't play the ball, play the hands. That's, oh, my gosh. Per- okay, some coach somewhere has done a great job with you. Who's had a, Of all the coaches you've had, who do you think has had the greatest impact on you as a player? Oh, wow. Uh, I had a lot of good coaches. Uh, I really think uh, the coach I have right now, uh, Coach Dozen, uh, he's, a, he's a defensive coordinator and coach, uh, corner coach. Uh, he, he, he's been, he taught me a lot of things that I never knew about corner. My development at corner has become so much better just off the little things he's taught me. Uh, just like that, uh, just you being in phase, it's a good throw. You, you can't play, You can't pick it. 
So just look back and play through the hand, play through the locators, catch through the far side wrist. Just those little things uh, can make you so much better as a player. And um, his, his development with me, just scheme wise and IQ wise, I can I can put our scheme on the whole board and tell you what everybody's doing. And, and uh, he's just he's he's developed me as a as a corner to the highest extent. And I think this year it will show a lot. Um, last year I was just just kind of getting my feet wet, but uh, this year uh, it's going to be something to see. <laughs> that that leads perfectly into my next question. What are some of the goals that you've set? Obviously, you have some team goals, so we'll we'll talk team goals in a second. But what are your Devron goals? What are the things that will satisfy you when when the year's over? You can look and see that you did X, Y, and Z. Uh, I think ultimately I, I want to give I want to give it my all. I want to uh, give everything I got, and uh, obviously uh, I want to be all American. Uh, I want to uh, go to the Senior Bowl. I want to do those those kind of things, and uh, I want to do every, anything that's gonna help my team win. Whether it's playing special teams, whether it's being in the nickel on third downs, uh, any any of those things, uh, just just positive things that can help the team win and ultimately uh, get what we want. And, that's a conference championship and to go to a big bowl game. Excellent. Now, I know I don't want to keep harp, hyping, harping, eat, eat, hyping or harping. I don't want to keep coming back to your age. This is the last time I'm going to ask it. But when do you actually turn 20? Uh, December 22nd. I got a late birthday, so. Yeah, you do. I'll be, <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll always be the youngest. Uh, it's kind of funny. We got freshmen in in my room right now. All of them are either my age or a couple months younger than me. So. <laughs> that is funny. That really is. Funny. Um, so yes, you've you've as you said, you've always been you know the one who's been the youngest in so many of the groups you've been with. So before we move on to some more things on on sort of talking, well, yeah, your your. Mental development is obviously impressive. Let's get back to the physical stuff, the stuff that people love to measure. Corner is a position where there are certain non-negotiables. No matter how great you look on tape, if you run 4-8, they just fall right out of love. You know what I mean? There's no more love left. Yeah. <laughs> if you run 4-7, they'll make you a safety. You run 4-8, they'll, they'll just turn off the tape and you know walk out of the room. There's no more no more smiles left. It's all over. So obviously you're a good athlete. You don't have to worry about that. But what are some of the physical things you've been working on? Getting, you know, you're trying to get quicker, strong, like probably all of the above. But what are the things you've been doing to get ready for this year physically? Um, I think the biggest thing at corner and the most important thing is something I, I do naturally, but mm-hmm. I just want to just re reatone it. Uh, that's just catching the ball. Uh, mm. Catching drugs every day uh, is very important. Uh, tracking the ball has always been my strong suit, uh, so that was never really a problem. And uh, you know, just just the little things, getting out of breaks every day, and uh, just a smooth pedal, and uh, um, just little things, feet quickness. Obviously, doing little ladder things, and just just staying uh, toned toned in and staying tuned up. And those little things always are important, okay. regardless. Now, as you mentioned, your dad was a player and a pretty decent one. Uh, how has he helped, or how has he had an impact, or what is your what have you and your dad talked about in terms of the game of football? 
Um, me and my dad, we don't really talk much. Uh, uh, he he lives in Miami. Uh, he did play with Dion at Florida State mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and um, all those things. But uh, I think uh, me and my mom were were kind of were real tight and stuff like that. So I always gotcha. grew up with my mom. Uh, my my dad was with Justin. Uh, he he developed Justin more than anything. Uh, I kind of developed myself. Or if oh, okay. I wasn't with, with him, I'd be like with other guys in the neighborhood, like Tremaine. Tremaine really helped me become a better player uh, when he can. And I also got a cousin that plays with Porter Chiefs right now that went to college with Sequoias and now went to Oregon State. His name's Stephen Nelson. And uh, that's all. What is it with you and naming my favorite defensive backs in the whole world? (laughs) (laughs) So you and Steven Nelson are cousins? Yeah, that's my cousin on my dad's side. And uh, uh, he's from Warner Robins. Uh, Me and uh, Steve have been around each other for a while, though. So he's always been a positive role model for me and just showing me the ropes and helping me become a better corner and just little things like that. But when you when you talk to him, tell tell him Bill Carroll and my my usual co-host Jim Coburn isn't here. But tell him Bill Carroll and Jim Coburn said hello. We are big fans of Stephen Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh, man! All my favorites. You keep bringing up my favorites. Okay, perfect. Wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> yes, I I thought he was a huge. I thought he was very much underrated in his time at Oregon State. I, yes, big fan. Um, solid tackler, high football IQ, high football character, underrated athlete, like you, once again with the ball skills. I guess it's a genetics thing with you, your family. Uh, but, but yes, Stephen Nelson, yes. Thank you. Awesome. Man, yes. Okay. If you ask him, um, he was. Very underrated itself. <laughs> yes. Well, well, let him know that we agree. I thought he was enormously underrated. I, I, in my mind, he deserved to go early, much earlier than he did. I thought he was a, play, a guy who played at an All-American level. And I guess maybe Oregon State was a little bit down at that time, so maybe people, they didn't get quite the love they should have. But, yes, Stephen Nelson, yes. Big thumbs up. Let him know he's got, let him know he's got a big fan in me. Uh, there's some people in, in the community, uh, the scouting community, who who really loved him coming out. Yeah, I'll definitely let him know for sure. We be talking all the time. He just got down playing Seattle yesterday. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, um, obviously you watch the game. <laughs> obviously, you watch, uh, who are some of your favorite guys to watch? And they don't have to necessarily be corners, uh, but who are some of your favorite guys to watch, either to learn from or just that you enjoy watching? Um, I, I definitely I love Patrick Peterson. Um, yep. I like I like Vernon Hargrave and I like Stephen Nelson, uh, Marcus Peters as well. Those four guys uh, I like watching. Uh, I always get compared to Vernon Hargrave. I was about to say, <laughs> it's funny uh, you should bring uh, up those guys. They're all guys that are similar to you in one way or the other. But the mo- I agree, the most similar of them is, is Hargrave. Because the IQ, the football IQ. Of course, he's the son of a, a DB coach. Yeah, yeah. So it's easy money for him. But um, yeah, I, I always used to 
to hear that. Just and it's ironic that I wear number one as well. So it's just a little thing. Uh, body type is kind of similar and um, and things like that. Also, Jalen Mills, I, I hear that a lot. And Coach Wilson, uh, he uh, he coached Jalen Mills. He coached Tyron Matthew and all those guys. He compared me to Ron Brooks. Uh, oh, Florida State, uh, Ron Brooks. Um, no, LSU. No, LSU. Love. You know what? There was two DBs named Ron Brooks. Okay, so this is confusing. But you're right. There was an LSU Ron Brooks too. Yeah, and he always compares me to Ron Brooks. He's like, well, "Good morning, Ron." And then <laughs> he's you got some qualities like Tyron Matthew and stuff like that." And he always tells me that, like, and I'm like, "You're playing. You're just playing around. There's no way I was like Tyron." <laughs> and he's like. He's like, no, you really do, you really do. I mean, obviously, you're not you don't, stripping everybody. You're, you're a pretty good tackler. You don't quite smack people like Tyron did, at least not on tape that I've seen. Now, maybe I need to look some more tape. Have you have you got some woo licks where you just laid some people out that I just haven't seen yet? Yeah, uh, Arizona State, I had a big hit uh, on Manny Wilkins. and uh, <laughs> Okay, and, I'm going to look for that. Sorry, Manny. I didn't have too many uh, big hits against a and I had some nice form tackles and stuff like that. It just depends on the game uh, and, and the situation. Yeah, you, uh, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to kill them, just get them to the ground. I'm just saying that that's yeah. – Tyron used to, like, explode through people when he was at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure, definitely. So, you know. But you, you, I mean, no offense, you tackle more like a corner while he tackles more like a safety, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's why he plays safety now. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with tackling like a corner. I mean, you're a good form, ta- as you said, a good form tackler. You you get your head across the bow. You bring your legs with you. You, you drive your feet. You wrap the arms. You squeeze them. In, you bring them into your chest. I mean, it's basically, like I said, I can tell you've been well coached. So hats off to your coaches. You're not a guy who's just playing on raw talent, though you have a fair amount of talent. <laughs> yes, sir. So this is a beautiful thing. Um, you keep bringing up my favorite guys. This is gonna be, we're gonna get along so well. So moving forward, this is a big year for you for a bunch of reasons. As you said, you know this is the year where hopefully you know the people who need to know about you learn about you. This is a good year for that. This the the yeah. decks are sort of clear. There's a lot of corners that are sort of similar to each other also there's not like a dominant one there isn't a patrick peterson in this draft class where it's just one guy way up here and everybody else is sort of scurrying around beneath him trying to get noticed so that's good news for you there's there's a lot of good corners but there's no one dominant corner in this draft class yeah definitely i mean you know no offense if patrick peterson were in this draft class you know i mean i'd still love you but you know we'd all be looking at him like oh my god you know, he's a one i mean he's a once in a lifetime prospect he's i mean i saw this dude and he's lighter now than he was in college but i saw him at 222 pounds run down um oh uh, uh, from florida who was a sprinter uh like olympic class sprinter um, was it Will Rainey? One of those little dudes from Florida. And I started running him down from behind at 222 pounds, and I thought to myself, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, I am seeing something truly special. Because he could hit like a linebacker. He could run like a sprinter. So smart. A great leader. I mean, guys, luckily for you guys, that only come out every 20, 25 years. You, have to, you don't have one of those to deal with. But this is a good class for – 
good all-around corners. You may not have a freak show like Patrick Peterson, but there's, you know, Mr. Alexander we just mentioned. Now, do you? I know you guys didn't hang around each other long, but did you get a, a bit of a sense of what kind of guy he was from your your little time at Louisville? Uh, um, Jair, he's a cool, funny guy. He, he loves to laugh, play around, funny guy. Um, it was it was all love up there. He's just a funny guy. That's just a, he should be a comedian. He really is. That <laughs> oh, <funny>. really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Around, he's funny and he, he's a he's all around outstanding kid. Uh, nothing but good things to say about Zaire up here. Okay, okay. Now one last question before we move into sort of the the last sort of actual factual questions. Now are you one of those guys that does a lot of Instagram stuff, or what do you what do you like on social media? Are you are you pretty low key? Do you like to you know show parts of your life, or what do you do? What is your social media life like? Um. I'm I'm a little bit of everything really. Um I think uh uh I'm not a big Instagram or Snapchat guy. I'm on Twitter a lot. I like to check out how God and and just keeping up with football and stuff like that. Twitter's a big thing for football and be pro football focus and all those guys and okay. just little things like that. I like to keep up with all that kind of stuff so yeah, I'm more of a Twitter guy than anything. Okay, shout out to my boy Steve Palazzo and the crew over at Pro Football Focus. Devron is apparently a fan. <laughs> yeah, I was on there a few times, so I just okay. want to uh, thank you for that and appreciate the recognition. No problem. You did all the hard stuff, you know, which is playing – corner at a really high level against a bunch of really good wide receivers so you you did the hard part we we will appreciate you had the easier job we just had to watch and take notes <laughs> so uh let's move into like i said this last year of your time in college first of all what things do you think you might miss about being a collegian as you move on to where football becomes more of a business oh man I mean, obviously, just the tradition, the 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 fun, just the tradition, the coaches, just the loving aspect of it. I mean, more the NFL is more of a business. It's more just straight down. Uh, you may have some bonds and things like that, but the NFL is just straight business. Uh, and with college, uh, just seeing the freshmen grow and, and being that mentor for them and trying to help them as much as possible, help them with the playbook and all those kind of things. Uh, I, I, I just think to do those those kind of things is uh, priceless. So uh, I, I think um, that's the biggest thing I'm gonna miss just just seeing the development of of younger guys and helping them develop and and get better and, and be the best they can be. Um, no, that's the biggest thing. It's that leadership role and, and just that, that tradition of football and, and everybody coming out and watching and the excitement and those uh, the bus rides and the hotels and joking around with younger guys and, and those things are priceless. You never can get those back. So. Okay. You really do. I love how you keep talking about younger guys. You have this – very old mentality, this old soul that sort of belies the fact that I, I have socks older than you. 
So it is <laughs> quite interesting to hear you constantly talking about leadership and the younger guys. Well, tell me about that, about being a leader. You now are a leader of that team. Uh, what does it mean to be a leader to you? Uh, to, a leader to me, uh, obviously you got to lead by example for them to, to be able to respect you as a leader. And not only that, it's just it's, it's leading by example is, is just such a great thing that for people to see what you do and they mock it and 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 you constantly want push yourself to get better because you know there's people behind you and they're they're following you and they're trying to understand things that that you that you're doing and and they want to play at a high level and that makes you want to play at a high level and, and don't disappoint them and. And just getting a team together and winning football games, that's that's a beautiful thing. That's definitely a beautiful thing. Okay. And I'm going to come down to my, my sort of last few questions. And this is, first of all, you're a very impressive young man. I know you probably heard this before, but if someone told me, and I knew, I mean, I knew you were young, but if someone told me this person is 19 and will not turn 20 until December the 22nd, you said? Yeah. I would have just said, you're nuts. This person, I'm talking to a 22-year-old. There's no way this, this young man is 19. It is amazing how composed and thoughtful you are for someone so young. So uh, props to your mom, uh, to the other impact, people who have impact on your life, your coaches, your, your friends, your family, whoever else it is that's helped to make you the young man you are. I'm I'm a fan, not just now. I'm not just of what I've seen on tape. I was already a fan of you on tape. Now I'm a fan of you as a person as well. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate uh, everything, and yeah, it's it's a process. Uh, I thank my mom and everybody that helped me grow. And my grandma, uh, they instilled a lot of things in me early, and I just carry them on uh, as I got older. And uh, being around older guys uh, made me more mature and. Uh, uh, I, I could I wouldn't want it to happen any other way, really. Well, now I'm going to ask you to take a journey with me into the future, right? So I'm going to take you through getting to the East-West Shrine game and then getting the call-up from the East-West Shrine game to the Senior Bowl when somebody gets, you know, unfortunately it happens, but gets hurt in the first day of practices. <clears throat> and, you know, Patrick Wu get used to hearing that name, gives you that call. He's one of the top assistants to Phil Savage. So if you ever get a call from a Pat Wu, answer it. Um, <laughs> if ever that call comes in. Uh, but, yes. And then you get a chance to, you know, you'll probably see some people you've seen before, including Mr. Gallup and some others, and people see how well you hold up throughout one-on-ones and in the 11-on-11s and everything. It's like, okay, huh, i got to move this guy up. And then the combine. It's important for everybody, but obviously when a guy's coming from – now, frankly, Texas San Antonio is a legitimate program. It's a newer program. I remember literally the day it was born, and Coach Coker and what he did to sort of lay down the, the, <clears throat> the foundation. But this is a program that's going in the right direction. I don't think it's very long before you guys are going to be consistently in bowl games. Now – for those who aren't very familiar with UTSA football, tell me a little about your coaching staff. And you mentioned traditions. Now, obviously, people sort of wink at that when it's a program that's, you know, very young. But even within your rather young program, what are some of the traditions that, that UTSA football has? 
Um, oh my God. Uh shoot. First, uh it's just the team, the team, the team. Uh that tradition, just the 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 brotherhood that, that we instilled in this program and from the freshmen to the seniors, we all look at each other as brothers and we know that we are each other's keeper. We we got this motto called protect the team and mm-hmm. everybody takes it as serious as the senior does. The freshmen take it as seniors as seniors. So it's it's all it's all a process and not only that, Coach Wilson has instilled uh not only football in us, but he, he he's he's growing us up to be men. It's not just about football with him. Uh he wants us to be men and, and after football to to instill those those characteristics of, of, of being a man and how to be a man. He I mean he, he had people come in and teach us how to manage money. He had people come in during camp to show us about the NFL. Just just all the little things that he does for us and just the tradition around UTSA. The fans are so excited. They're, they're cheering for us. They're here. They're, they're doing everything possible to, to make this, this program a big thing. And I can't wait for, for a couple of years now to come back and 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 to just see how this this program is possible because it's definitely going in the right direction. Well, you have incredibly enough again anticipated where I'm going to take you next. So I'm going to take you about four years into the future. You've completed your rookie contract. You're getting ready to move into that second contract, which is where your life changes, my young friend. And you've been brought back to UTSA to speak to, as you like to say, the young guys and to, you know, probably also give a generous donation. Uh, At least that's what they're hoping. UTSA loves that. Uh, It's a a growing program, and as they begin to put guys in the NFL, just as Miami has gained a lot of stuff from having so many, you know, what they call it, um, hurricanes in the NFL, and you're going to soon have roadrunners in the the NFL who will start helping to build that bridge and donating and uh, spending time with younger players and getting scouts used to visiting your pro day, which, you know, something that you clearly are beginning to get more and more of that happening. So I'm going to take you, like I said, a few years into the future. You know, you're, so you're there, uh, you're speaking, they're retiring, that number one, they're showing some of your, your highlights and things like that. And I want you to tell me if there was a moment from your career. Now, obviously, you've got one more year left, so maybe I'll bring you on at the end of this season, you, maybe the answer will be different. But as of now, from your UTSA career, if somebody were putting together a package as you're speaking, getting ready to speak, and they want to show the young guys what it was you brought to the table as a player and as a man, is there a game or a play or a moment from your career, at least thus far, that you think best exemplifies that roadrunner spirit and Devron Davis as a player? Um, I, I would have to say at this point in time, uh, it was Texas A&M. Uh, we went mm. there in a hostile environment. It's the 12th man. It's loud. You can't hear anything. You can't even hear yourself talk. Mm. Um, so it's just like uh, that, that game, if, I mean, the first play of the game, I come on the catch and I get a tackle for loss. And the second play, I get another tackle, and I ended up with seven tackles two PBUs and three tackles for loss. And uh, it, it's just the, that game just exemplified exactly who I am. Um, 
I don't crumble under pressure. Uh, I like good games, and I like these kind of situations. So uh, September 2nd is, 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 is the same kind of ordeal. Uh, I love situations. I love these big games. I love guys that have height and um, are considered the best players and those little things. And um, I like to be in that situation. So um, I think uh, – from, from the Houston to the Baylor games is going to exemplify who I am. So you're going to, as you said, you're going to face some some big names. You're going to put up some some pretty good tape, and I think you're going to walk away. Probably, I don't know what your standards are, but I think by most people's standards, you're going to, probably going to walk away with some some good feelings and some good memories of of your collegiate career. I hope that all the things that you want to achieve, you achieve. Uh, as I mentioned before, you are an extremely impressive individual. Now, getting down to actual factuals, we'll close out with some of these. What is your current height and weight, young man? Uh, current height and weight is six foot two oh three. Okay. So you've put on a few pounds since the last time I I watched you, probably because I didn't think you were too, I didn't think you were that heavy. Yeah, I was in the season. I was actually heavier. I was a uh, two hundred five during the season last year. Uh, the funny thing about what people don't understand, I got into school late. I I got here the first day before camp last year. Wow! And, um, so I came in at two hundred five, six foot two hundred five last year, and now I'm about six uh, six foot two hundred three. A lot more cut and lean. Uh, stuff like that. So, um, oh, okay. So you're carrying it differently. Maybe, maybe you looked smaller before because you were soft. Not soft, but you know what I mean. Like not as defined. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, you're a guy with a fair amount of speed. When the last the last time you you were timed, what did you run when you ran the your last forty? Uh, the last it was a four five four laser. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's legit. Four five four laser, and I'm assuming your goal is to get that down into like the mid four fours by the time you get to the combine. Yeah, about four four five. I think that's legitimately what I can run. So uh, that's what I really can run. I think uh, I pop straight up on that forty. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's really what happened. Right, at the... I got gotcha. you. It happens. <laughs> Everybody has good days and bad days. Um, I'm gonna take you through like all of your measurables, but. Have you ever been tested on the vertex for your vertical before? Uh, yeah, my vertical was thirty-six and a half. Uh, broad, broad jump was uh ten foot. Okay. And uh, that's it. I think. No, that that'll do. Those are those are good explosion numbers. You said thirty-six and a half, and that's without you having done a full combine prep. So you've got a legitimate shot at thirty-eight, probably once you really devote time to to working on it. Yes, sir. Excellent, excellent. Now, I know that you would play for anybody anywhere in the NFL, but are there particular teams that maybe scheme-wise or philosophy-wise that really appeal to you? Um, well, um, I really like the Raiders. Uh, they got a they got a one-high scheme. They love to play man. And, uh, I think that's my strong suit, uh, man corner. I like to be uh, pressing uh, in somebody's face. Uh, I want to, I want to make you work for it, and uh, you're just gonna have to beat me that day. So, 
the the Raiders defense in its heyday. I mean, I don't want to bore you with all the details, but next time you get a chance, let's look through some of the guys that have lined up a corner for the Raiders in their history. From, you know, old man Willie, as they call him, Willie Brown, who also was a coach for them for many years, old number 24, uh, who came to them, I think, in the second year or third year of the franchise's history. Um, I think he came from Denver. Uh, but nobody thinks of him as a, as a Bronco. He spent, you know, the best part of his career and the most part of his career with the Raiders. And then you've got guys like... Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes, and you had Rod Woodson. Not Rod Woodson, I mean, um, oh, good Lord, Bill. Uh, wrong Woodson. Um, Charles Woodson. Uh, and they've sort of struggled lately. So, yeah, they could use you. I, that'd be a good spot for you. They haven't, uh, they haven't had anybody quite like uh, the, the old days recently. They've, they've tried it, uh, tried, you know, trying to bring in. They've, they've drafted a lot of guys at that position and I'd love to see you get that chance, and I think they'd love to have you. Devron, <laughs> I, let me just say one last time, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your talent, and thank you so much for your attention. It has been a real honor, a privilege, and a pleasure getting a chance to speak to you today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me, and uh, I hope to uh, be speaking to you more later down the line. I promise you will. You're going to get a follow-up email from me later today. Uh, there'll be some questions, some of which are questions that are either very similar or the same as some we covered. If you could send back responses to those questions in the email, along with a photograph of yourself that I can use in an article. And uh, the other thing that will happen is that I'll use that to create your profile for what I call my all-underappreciated team. And then later in the year, like I said, uh, hopefully around the time that uh, All-Star invitations come out, I'll probably want to bring you back on just to talk about how the All-Star season is playing out for you and how your last season of college football played out for you as well. I would love to have you back on in the future. Yes, sir. Appreciate all your time. Well, thank you so much. Uh, once again, I also want to thank Donovan James, who was with me previously, running down some of the, the impact freshmen and red shirts. And like I said, one last time, if you haven't already – found Deborah Davis, number one, number one on the programs, number one in our hearts, at University of Texas San Antonio. Please check him out. He is a terrific player. Once again, Deborah, and I thank you. Have a wonderful rest of today. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Okay. Take care of yourself. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.